0: Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's on the Wing podcast, coming at you on the end of day one, Monday, December the second of the Rooster Road Trip, late season long tails edition, and we've got the uh, same cast of characters we had yesterday in the preview episode, riding the proverbial shotgun as my co-host and quarterback of Rooster Road Trip, Andrew Vavra. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Two in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing your very fashionable trampled by pheasants shirt.
1: Well, uh, no road trip is complete without good music. uh, (laughs) Exactly. I'm all about it. And if
0: you want your, this is the shameless plug portion of uh, the intro. If you want your own, very own trampled, by pheasants shirt it's at pheasantsforever.org backslash trampled
1: thank you trampled by turtles
0: absolutely thank you for supporting our conservation mission and marissa to my immediate right joining joining us for the second episode and and chad I didn't know that we were going to get you for two episodes in a row. I didn't either. <laughs> With some technical difficulties, <laughs> among other things. But we are here to recap uh, day one. And, and I had this in my notes for the last episode, and I didn't, I missed them. Uh, shout outs to Logan Hinners, who's bringing you all of the photography you are seeing on social media. And we'll be seeing throughout the uh, the road trip. Logan's a senior graphic designer, and I believe this is his fifth or sixth road trip in a row he's
1: been on most of them
0: yeah so he's um all the photos you see and he is the killer photography eye behind them jake schiller he he wears many hats including technical producer for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) we're laughing because uh we we encountered all sorts of um feedback as we were trying to set up and now we have none thanks to jake Uh, But Jake is the video production specialist for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And all the videos that you'll be seeing along the way are uh, coming from the brain of Jake Schiller, which is entertaining (laughs) to think about uh, on multiple levels. But he is incredibly talented. Uh, video production specialist and um, shout out to Jake. And then rounding out the Rooster Road Trip crew this year is Laura McIver, the regional representative for the state of Oklahoma for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And uh, as we proceed down the road, we will be joined by, we'll, we'll intermix some of these folks throughout the uh, the road trip but um again for for the recap of day 1 you have the same guests that you had for the preview episode including our pseudo guide. <laughs> the pseudo tag is still on there. Yeah, Ch- Chad. Love,
2: you, you've had a hard day, Chad. I have. It's, it's, it's been a trying day. <laughs> it's not that bad.
0: I had a great time. I I I had had a great Chad had the weight of the world on his shoulders, which if and it, it crushed me. It, if anybody has uh, out there listening has ever served as a fishing guide or a hunting guide in any capacity it it's a lot more pressure than meets the eye you know on on the surface you think well geez i get to go fish for walleye in rainy lake every single day or i get to go you know take folks into the rocky mountains you know looking for elk how how glorious could it be <laughs> Chad, how <laughs> glorious is it to It d- was to fantastic. <laughs> I
2: mean, no, I mean, you know, I, it, it's true. I mean, I can come out here anytime I want. I, I live two and a half hours away, and I can usually find birds. And even if I don't find birds, it's not a big deal. But when I have all these people looking at me and expecting <laughs> me to produce for them. There was just uh, six of us. That's a lot. <laughs> it, it does become uh something of a pressure cooker (laughs) even when they tell me it's okay if we don't find any birds you still want to find birds for people you do
0: you do Um, but it is okay because that's not you know that's a component of this trip and we're going to get to the fact that we did find birds right but it's not the entire uh the, the trip isn't about finding birds Right, it's exploring our public right. lands, looking at the habitat, and you know, ultimately, you know, we are hunting. It's not a nature walk. And True, you are trying to find birds, but uh, you know, as Andrew mentioned, uh, I've never experienced the Cimarron grasslands before, and it was epic to me. I didn't see a quail personally. <laughs> That's okay. I saw all kinds of stuff. It was it was beautiful. So uh, let's let's start from the beginning. Take us.
2: Take us through the start of the morning because it was a gorgeous sunrise. It was a gorgeous morning, gorgeous sunrise. Uh, well, I kind of rolled the dice this morning and uh, tried a place that I had never hunted before. It was a place that Marissa and I had run her pup the night before. And it looked really birdy, looked really good. And I, I knew that there were going to be birds there. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out. Describe it for listeners. listeners. Why did
0: you think there were going to be birds there? Because I wholeheartedly agreed with you. When we pulled up.
2: It looked birdy. Yeah. It, it, Describe it was, why. It, I don't want a hot spot, but it was, a, it was a, one of the more isolated grasslands parcels. There's the, the, the main body of the grasslands, and then there are the, these isolated little pastures you know, scattered on the north and south mm-hmm. sides, and this was a pasture on the south side, and it, it was at uh, abutted private land. There were a couple of center pivots there with some cut cornfields, and so, uh, a little draw leading down from the uh, boundary fence. And, and it had it, a windmill. And it had a windmill. And it just looked birdy. I mean, you know, I'm not a biologist, so I can't identify all the plants, Mm -hmm. you know, out there. But, you you know, I mean, you bird hunt enough and you look at a spot and you just think, hmm, that looks pretty birdy. And this was a birdy looking spot. It had a lot of cover. It had a lot of varied cover. It had big open flats. uh, And it just just screamed birds, Mm -hmm. uh, as it turned out. And, yeah. you know, as we got done with that
0: particular spot, and we, we had a beautiful walk on a portion of the 108,000 acres of the Simron <laughs> grasslands. We had a gorgeous walk, but you, you get, we got back to the trucks and you said, you know, I, the mistake I probably made was,
2: was, was trying to find scaled quail. Uh, s- scalies or blues, depending on your nomenclature. Cotton tops. Cotton tops. Uh, they're just more difficult birds to find. Uh, you know they inhabit these these large open areas. Uh, it all pretty much looks the same. And you you know you, you hit the ground. You take the dogs and just go. Mm-hmm. And when you have limited time, it, it's it's a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. You know he, you can find them really quickly or you can find them not at all. And as it turns out this morning we found them not at all. And so that was probably something that uh, maybe I should have thought about before. Well,
0: let's be fair to you too. You had six other people pressuring you to find scale quail. I, I, I wanted to find them so bad. <laughs> and, and, and we, you know, as I previewed or we previewed last night, we'd never um, had an opportunity to hunt scale quail on the Rooster Road trip, so it was one of those Rooster Road trip bucket list, yep. you know, let's check it off the list and yep. find them. Yep. And we tried.
2: We did. We and did. it we was
0: beautiful. It. and It was fun. And then we got back to the truck, and you said, well, I got another spot we could try <laughs> for, for scalies. And you looked at Andrew, and, and Andrew said what?
1: Um, what else we got?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, but you, you phrased it kind of more nice than that.
1: Well, it, it wasn't that <laughs> I, I didn't have faith in, in hunting the other section, that it was that was immediately next to the, this parcel we we just walked because we did find tracks. Yeah, like, we
0: did find quail. Like we
1: were in, in what seemed to be the right place by my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a biologist, right? But. I was listening to Laura as she was walking through it, and she's really good at picking out plants. You know, there's sunflowers and prickly pear cactus and some sort of, like, rye or something. I, I don't know. But everything <laughs> is, yeah, everything she's pointing out, she's like, okay, like, these sunflowers, that should be a good spot for us to go. Like, so she was targeting this landscape in a way that I couldn't because it all kind of looked the same to me. Mm. Um, but after getting done with that hunt, I've been doing this long enough to know when you kind of feel licked, change it up and Mm -hmm. at least change the topography it resets people's moods it also gives us uh, different photos different stuff for the video because at the end of the day we are trying to produce content Um, and so as beautiful as that um, you know semi-arid short grass prairie is you know I did want a little bit of variation to it because the Cimarron is so large there's a lot to it Um, and Chad penned a beautiful blog uh, that we posted this morning and within that he kind of talked about Um, the riverbed and the river itself and so it made sense well let's go check out a dried up riverbed Mm -hmm. Um, we pulled up and you know there's there's willows and there's there's more shrubbery and to me who you know someone who doesn't hunt a lot of quail is like this suddenly looks like quail oh Mm -hmm. and there's a windmill and there's water in it that's good right
0: (laughs) and what's the first thing you remember seeing when we pulled up
1: was it the porcupine?
0: Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> it was the porcupine,
0: and then Chad running after the porcupine,
3: and then Jake and running after Chad, yeah, and then so me running after. So, for our
0: listeners, we you know a lot of people hear porcupine
2: and think, well, they probably shot the porcupine.
0: We did not. No, we did not. What did we do with the porcupine, Chad, who <laughs> got out of the truck and ran
2: after it? Chad, the porcupine wrangler, got a pair of gloves and a shovel out of the bed of the truck and went and gently picked up the porcupine and put him on a tree and prodding him up the tree.
0: When I saw you grab the shovel, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it didn't go that route. I thought that the right? same I was like, thing. oh my goodness, what is he going to do? <laughs> and then he, I see him like pick up the porcupine and have a glove on it. I was like oh, my good! What is, what is happening? Well, and then you, you take him to a tree and say, go on, little buddy, yeah. get up on the tree so you don't hurt our dog and we don't hurt you. Exactly.
2: I mean, Now, I have to say that this was a young porcupine. I mean, he was just a little ball of porcupine quills, weighed just maybe five, six pounds. Uh, I wouldn't have done that with a really big one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you know what you call a young porcupine?
2: I hear a ba doom
0: coming. No, no. Oh no, no. this l- is legit.
1: I do nothing but spit straight facts on this show. <laughs> it's a porcupet. And what do you call a bunch of porcupines together? A prickle. These are real terms. I know this for a fact cuz my wife sent this to me and she would never lie to me. Okay. <laughs> a
0: porcupet a is a young porky In a in a group of porcupines is a prickle. A prickle. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, <at> <laughs> <right now. laughs> uh, we're gonna fact check Allie on that, but we'll take her word for it. <laughs> so w- we encounter the porcupine, and then
2: that uh, was like that was a big hit. It, I, I was I was quite surprised that everybody wanted to take pictures of the porcupine.
0: <laughs> and it and was
3: so cute. <laughs> and if you want to see
0: the cute porcupine, it'll be on our Instagram story for probably another. 12 hours or so
1: yeah i'll I'll save it too so people can just uh, go to our main uh uh, page and then click on day one you can scroll through all the some of the behind the scenes stuff that we we did throughout the day today
0: and and we will remind listeners the porcupine was not harmed (laughs) we don't know if he or she is still up in a tree but uh she's in the grassland somewhere Mm -hmm. uh all right so describe marissa describe the difference for the um um, the Cimarron that we went to, the the riverbed when we arrived there. How, how different it looked to you oh, compared yeah. to the first spot.
3: I actually, I think I made the reference that it, it looked like a Tim Burton film. You did. <laughs> you, you exactly, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, a lot of dead branches. Um, it just was a lot of shrub, really woody. Um, and to me, it was like, oh, this is, this is Bob White habitat. <laughs> um, and I just, I was really excited to get out there. I was a little bit worried about the porcupine. So as excited as I was to see that in the beginning, I was nervous. My, uh, my older German short hair loves to point porcupines. And so made sure to tell everybody if you see her go on point in a yucca plant, that's that's probably what it is. <laughs> and
0: while your pup Reese did not encounter a porcupine, karma came back and uh, gave you just a nice little kiss on the cheek for for letting the first porcupine go, yeah. didn't it? Chad? No
2: good deed goes unpunished, right? Well, yeah. uh, no, you didn't get punished because what happened? <laughs> One single quill in my dog's mouth. From is that s- what you're talking about? Yeah, that, yeah from a yeah. second porcupine. From which we never saw which yep. i never had the chance to rescue <laughs> uh I, I don't know where it came from he he uh he encountered it obviously and uh yeah one single quill in the mouth easy to take out yeah. and uh,
0: and that was it it could have i mean it, all, as all bird dog owners know porkies can be a real nasty situation for a bird dog some bird dogs just attack right and when they attack you know I've seen quills go through their legs through their tongues you know it's down their throat I mean you were a a vet tech right Marissa I mean you must have seen terrible things with porcupines
3: yeah it's pretty horrible and just getting them to hold still when you're trying to pull them out and you know being far away from somewhere where you can take them in and you know, do it under anesthesia is just not an option, so.
2: So, you only had one.
0: only
3: had one. I'm (laughs)
2: hoping, I'm hoping that what that is, is my pup encountering a porcupine, getting a quill, and then realizing that this is not something I want to mess with anymore. Because I do have another dog, my oldest dog, my oldest setter, Jenny, is one of those dogs that just cannot leave them alone. Hmm. She loves to point them, and she loves to, to get them. Uh, she's not like a fighter. Mm-hmm. She just, she gets slapped once. She'll get a few quills in the face and then she leaves them alone, but she just cannot stop yeah. doing that.
0: So on this adventure where we found multiple porcupines, but not so many quail, um, what did, what did you think
2: of the river bottom area today? Did it look birdie to you? It did. I mean, I, I hunt the river bottom quite a bit and, uh, uh, I was quite frankly surprised that we didn't see any birds. Yeah, me too. Uh, in the times I've hunted quail in Kansas
0: and southern Nebraska, that felt like Bob yeah. country to me.
2: Some of the cover along that river bottom can be pretty sparse, mm-hmm. but so you'll you'll walk across an area where it's just basically dry sandy wash and not a lot of cover. But mm-hmm. then you'll get into areas with little ridges with some you know salt cedar on it, and you know dead cottonwood trees and and grass growing up and that's where that's where i will generally find birds and we just didn't find any today
0: so we um at that point we knew we're on the rooster road trip we've got to get some content online right we're we're getting on in the morning and uh instagram and and facebook and twitter and youtube or and our blogs are beasts that need to be fed and uh day one, you know, you definitely wanna feed the beast. So the majority of us went and found Wi Fi to start posting. But
2: Chad <laughs> the flame was lit in Chad. You know, I, I I am a quietly competitive person. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm not an expert bird hunter by any means, but I you know, I I'm okay at it and it just it just bugged me that I couldn't find any birds mm. and that I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't produce any birds for you. And so, yeah, I just decided that uh, I was going to take a quick trip and see if I could find some more birds. So Laura and I, that's what we did.
0: And literally, how long had we been sitting down um, opening up our laptops before the text came through?
1: It, oh. it couldn't have been more than 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> what did that text say, Chad? Uh, I said, we're into the birds, but they're all still flying.
0: (laughs) 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 So your day just got better, didn't it? Yeah, better and better. Well, (laughs) tell
2: us about the birds you found. Well, Laura and I, uh, we decided to go uh, look for some some birds. We we went to another spot uh, on the north side of the river and uh, found a really good-looking spot that had a creek bottom going through it and had... um, a really thick stand of, of locust trees hmm. that were running along the entire creek bed. And so we, we unloaded the dogs and uh, went along that creek bed. And about, it wasn't very long at all, uh, probably, you know, three, four hundred yards down the creek bed. Leo, my setter, goes on point in front of what looks like a giant pack rat's nest. Uh, it's just, it was it's a, a dead fall of, of locusts. And if you've ever seen locust trees, they've got these, some varieties of locusts have these massive thorns mm. on them. And they're just nasty trees. And uh, he was pointing in the middle of this dead locust tree with this all this stuff around it. And I didn't, I, I at first I thought maybe he was pointing to pack rat or something. So I walked in and I, I kicked that. And I just got this rolling covey flush and it, big covey of birds got up and of course they all flew through the trees and they were bobs yeah right? they were bobs okay. yeah and so uh, I missed Laura missed and <laughs> that's pretty much the story <laughs> we, uh, we, we did find about half the covey a few hundred yards down that draw and the same thing happened again I missed Laura missed and so you know that's kind of how the day went for me <laughs> but we did find birds and so it wasn't it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Total redemption, maybe fifty percent redemption.
0: Well, redemption's coming because when we got that text, we hustled through our own posting and we said we got to get into some birds ourselves, and we went back to our our sweet spot. Right? What do we do next, Andrew?
1: Well, w- when you're feeling vulnerable, you go to you go to a place that makes you feel you know a bit more comfortable. For me, that's some taller grass. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as as we talked about yesterday, you know the juxtaposition between you know the, the stark kind of mean looking, uh, Cimarron proper, and then the Weeha properties mm. that had the great stands of grass right next to it. You now I'm drawn to the grass. Yeah. Um. So we struck out on Scalies. We struck out on Bob's. Well, third time's the charm. Let's go for longtails. You know, this is late season longtails after all, mm-hmm. right? So let's go after what we know best. Um, and so that's, that's exactly what we did. We uh, scoured the map. There's a lot of weehaw in the area. Um, we did some, some driving around and strategically chose one that had some, some cut corn uh, across the street from it, um, knowing that, hey, if I was in Minnesota or South Dakota or somewhere I normally hunt, that's exactly what I look mm-hmm. for. It's not going to be a different here, right? Um, and it was, it was really thick stuff. It, it was was, it was really good cover. cover. Yeah. Like it was, it was gorgeous grass. A lot of
0: little blue stem in there and it, kind of bunches of it. And it was just gorgeous, gorgeous grass.
2: And I actually have found a quail in that before.
0: Have you? Yeah. So in you had corner. hunted
2: that spot, um, in years before, hadn't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There were some sunflowers down in the corner of it that I'd, I'd found some quail in at some point. So we, so we line
0: up, l- release the dogs and off we go. And I was on the end and my pup was birdie the entire entire walk. But the bird didn't get the first bird didn't get up in front of me. Got up in front of you, Andrew.
1: Um well it technically didn't get up in front of me. It got up in front of what might have been a befuddled QF editor who didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> oh, um, I was on the end. I um, didn't see that piece. So, so it, uh, and, you know, it, it might have scared him a bit. It's a little bigger than the quail he's used <laughs> to chasing around. Um, but, but it happened to kind of so skyrocket up and by the time it got to me you see i call that hospitality yeah i I thought you were just being gentle me. well in terms of the story arc for him like it's getting better right Mm -hmm. um but by the time it got over me it was it was a ways out it was high up um i was pretty proud of that shot shot. it was an
3: excellent shot
1: i I dropped it didn't run we we were right on it i was uh kind of one of those i pulled the trigger and I could hear Jake with the camera b- over my shoulders mm. go, yeah! <laughs> "Yeah!" I'm like, "Did you get that?" He goes, "Yeah!" He yeah. Did. I'm like, yes. <laughs> we, we finally did it. We got a bird on camera, and we and we got it down. Uh, we can now breathe. Yeah. Everybody, take a collective breath. Yeah. We can start giggling now. (laughs) And it happened like that,
0: right? Because everybody did giggle, and it did take the pressure off. Maybe not (laughs) on (laughs) chat. But the rest of us felt like, well, you know, the sun is shining. It was just a terrifically beautiful day. And birds in the hand. And, you know, when you're on the road trip, you kind of, you pause every time there's a bird. We take our photos. And everybody kind of got lined back up in the second bird cooperated too, right? So take us through that, Marissa. Yeah,
3: well, the, so there was actually a, there was another bird that got up directly behind Chad, and there wasn't. <laughs> they're 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 all around, all around, around me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a bird magnet. <laughs> <It's> like not. <laughs> she, she, she yells
2: rooster, and I'm
0: looking around like <laughs> where? I,
3: I don't know. Uh, I mean, we just walk right past it. The dog. I mean, the scent, whatever. You know, wasn't dogs weren't able to pick that up, and and mm-hmm. actually it was you know a hunt that I just I didn't have my puppy along for the hunt so I'm off by myself not sure what dog to watch and what to do (laughs) and on the end and so that bird gets up and we kind of just watch it there was no you know clean safe shot on that one but um, then one got out directly in front of me and took one shot and and dropped it pretty hard and it it did run a little bit
0: So that that's a story in <laughs> and of itself. A,
3: it is a story, as much as I want to admit that it, or not admit that it didn't just fall and die right away. But um, we had some pretty serious sleuthing going on to to find and recover that that bird, and um, Jake ends up being the the greatest retriever of them all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so literally, um, Jake with the camera sees the bird run across him from right to left, heading towards the sandy road. Mm-hmm. And then he slews. this weird guy, he gets down on his hands and knees and finds pheasant tracks with drops of blood in the sand. He's like, it's over here, guys. The dogs are following Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. They're, right? They're following Jake. And Jake follows this, um, these tracks for 20, 30 yards. And then the bird crosses the road. He's like, it's over here, guys! And at that point, the dogs take off across the road and in the ditch is the bird and Uh, the dogs go on point to this cripple bird, and Jake actually retrieves
3: it. (laughs) He comes out with it high up in his hand, and oh, I wish I could have gotten a picture of that. Did we get that on film? (laughs) I don't think so. He's the the kibble guy. guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So kudos to Jake. We gave him an extra scratch and a cup of kibble (laughs) that night, and he he, uh, definitely deserved it. But you had, uh, on this very podcast 24 hours ago, you said your goal for Rooster Road Trip was what?
3: Uh, to harvest my first uh, out-of-state bird.
0: And Chad, you made that happen.
3: See, look you, at that, right? We're you guided it. us yep.
0: into the bird. And d- the the, the pseudo just that. got dropped. <laughs> You'll take that. <laughs> 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 trying to give you a little love, man. <laughs> <laughs> it a nice bird, too. It, it was. was a gorgeous bird. Yes. You made a nice shot. Yes. And, um, it, it all came together again. The sun was shining. We had two birds in the bag, and and then we turned and walked the perimeter. And I think at this point we're walking heading east, right? And <clears throat> at that point we line up again, and the every single dog is going bonkers, right? Every tail, whatever the characteristic, like birdie cadence of your dog's tail it was happening for what what did we have six dogs in the field at that point and and some of them were spinning clockwise some of them were spinning (laughs) counterclockwise mine was going back and forth like (laughs) you know they were all going crazy and we get to the end and I'm trying to remember was that a um was it a wheat field I I think think it was a wheat field on the end I think it was a stubble field so we got to the end of the stubble field and chaos how, how, many, how many pheasants came out of that end? Mm,
1: Dozens. I, I mean, on, so I was hunting to the right of you. And you were on the far left end. And, you know, in front of us, there were at least 15 right. birds that got up within 15 range. 15
0: that I saw clearly for us. And then the end of the line
2: on the far right of us. Yeah. Logan and I were on the far right. And there were probably, I'd say, 15 to 20 birds that got up f- too far from us to shoot. But on down the line. It, it was as memorable a flush of pheasants
0: on, you know, a piece of public ground that I can recall. You know, there was a lot of birds in there.
3: It was pretty cool. It was continuous it, <laughs> flushes. And, and they and didn't
0: hold for us very no. well. But we turned that corner and kept going. And then there was a little more action on the end. And for some, uh, you were, Andrew, you were with me for, like, as we were walking one way. But then you got right next to Chad at the far end of the line when we started walking the other, I don't know how we reconfigured.
1: Yeah, I I think the, the monster flush was so chaotic that we all kind of grouped up and talked about it. And from there, everybody kind of like, Okay, hey, where's my dog? And you kind of like reline up yep. and start walking. Our again.
2: dogs tended to gravitate toward one another, yep. Leo and <laughs> so Le- to speak. <laughs> Leo and Baxter are are,
1: are yin and yang. So so Leo is white with with black ticking and a long feathered tail. Baxter is black with white ticking and a short little stubby tail. So if you were to put them together, you know they form the the, the ultimate bird dog. Right? <laughs> um, they, they become. I the be- see what you did there. They've they, they become the, the best of friends on this trip. But no, that's just how it all it all shook out, and uh, you know, to follow Chad's story arc here just keeps on getting better.
0: So, (laughs) take us through what happened because I was on the other end, and my perception of what happened and what may have really
2: happened might be two different things. Well, it was really very simple. My dog totally missed a bird. Uh, We walked right by it. It got it behind us. I missed it with the first shot and managed to hit it with the second.
1: And we got yeah. it back, and and the Quail Forever editor was smiling <laughs> ear to ear while he's holding this yeah. pheasant, and I loved it. Yes, it was it was a
2: bittersweet moment
0: for me. It was terrific. Yeah. I mean that
2: that, uh, that I don't know the field of redemption, right? It was it was to yeah it was as a, as a perfect way to put it. I, uh, I I finally got a bird. I got other people birds, and the pressure was. At least lift it a little bit. Uh, the wrong bird, but I'll take it. And tomorrow <laughs> you're just
0: going to shoot a limited quail, just randomly. Hope so. <laughs> uh, it was it was a very fun, very memorable day. You can relieve the pressure now. Yeah, for, was, for
2: all the, the 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 things that happened, all the, the you know the the bad luck. Uh, I I did have a blast today. Cool. Well, we did too, and
0: congratulations, Marissa.
3: Thank you. <coughs> Excuse
0: me you uh, you've accomplished your goal. Yes. On day number one. I'm gonna
3: have to up the goal now. Yeah,
0: maybe <laughs> maybe number two.
3: Maybe number two. Maybe add some quail to maybe that Maybe a quail. There we go. <laughs> no pressure. pressure <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, we, I believe, Andrew, we have some uh, questions from Instagram that uh, we're going to field, and if folks. Do want to throw questions our way throughout the the week? We will do our best to answer them. We will not be hot spotting any places, but we will be happy to answer what what we can. So, uh, question number one.
1: Well, we got a lot of questions. Do we really? Um, oh yeah. So so I'll I'll pick and choose here. Some of these people we know. Some of them we don't. Um, so I'll, <laughs> I'm not going to say any usernames or anything like All that. Right. Um, Is the
0: hip uplander one of the questionnaires?
1: No, but I, I heard I heard a rumor that if you call him out by name, that you'll end up a meme. So, oh, no. So <laughs> pheasant Bob is doomed. Oh, no. Um, anyway, uh, let, let's, let's start with this one because this is actually a really good question because I don't know if I have the correct answer yet. Um, how do you keep your dogs fresh, hunting them five plus hours a day for multiple days in a row? Um, I will let the, the cat out of the bag. I'm part of this. Uh, very rarely are we, are we hunting five plus hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes in terms of creating content and, and editing photos and videos and writing blogs and, and finding Wi-Fi and all that. Um, the reality is we hope for you know, a really good hunt in the morning that gives us content to post in the afternoon. And then we go out for that later that afternoon and post about that um, in the evening. Yeah. Um, today was a little bit different because we, we really wanted to get some quail. Um, so we, we charged it hard, and I think some of our dogs are already showing it a little bit. Um, I'm I'm the first of to play it cautious and, and treat this trip like a marathon. Um, even in that field before we got to the Epic Flush, I was trying to pull Chad off. I was like, when are we swinging? Because I wanted to swing back to the truck. We already had two birds. Mm-hmm. I'm never looking for limits on this trip because I'm looking to – Prove that there's birds out here, and let's just share that story. Right. If you're going for limits, you're in the field all day. Right. And Chad was like, "No, no, no, no. Let's let's walk this all the way to the edge. I've hunted this field before." And so, thank you, Chad. God, <laughs> Chad. Um, so that's a little bit of the reality of the yeah. situation. Um, but that said, they are going five five plus days in yep. a row, and so you know, I'll, I'll I'll start with you, Bob. How, how do you do that?
0: Uh, I definitely feed my dog more um, more volume, uh, at the end of the day than they would normally get at home. And, you know, Marissa and and Chad, you're both shaking your head. I know that you guys have both been feeding your dogs, uh, higher volume. I I think I feed my dog like three times in the evenings. You know, I definitely have fears of twisted stomach, so I don't want to overdo it. But, uh, you know, my pup normally gets a one cup of a uh, food perina pro plant sport um, in the evening, and she's gotten three already tonight. Marissa, yeah. what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, sometimes just to try and prevent that, the stomach issues too, you can do smaller meals throughout the day mm-hmm. to kind of keep their, their blood sugar up and uh, energy up, and then. You know, hydration is a huge thing as well. Um, my dog especially out here. Yeah, mm. my dog does not like to. I mean, she'll drink when we're on the hunt, but um, once we're back, she does not want to um, kind of rehydrate. And so I actually will add water to the food um, just to make sure that she's getting hydration. Yeah,
2: one of the things that I do is uh, water is is a big one for me. I carry a lot of water in the field. I make yeah. sure my dogs drink a lot of water. And of course, when you're hunting alone with multiple dogs, I rotate my dogs. Ooh. You know, I don't. I will never take a dog and just run it for five hours. Uh, but you know, on this hunt, I have one dog. So, and I do uh, feed probably twice the volume of yeah. what I feed at home. And I mix in. My dog is, is a kind of a grazer. He doesn't eat all of his food at once, which is kind of a, It's difficult, uh, you know, on the road. So what I do is I will mix in uh, wet food with with the dry food in order to get him to eat more than what he nor or eat faster and eat all of it uh, to make sure he gets that in there and one more thing that i do that uh, it's just something that i i, I do uh, after the dog is back at the truck is and, and i don't know if there's any real scientific basis for this or not but i always try to feed them a little bit of maltodextrin in rap- with some uh, wet dog food and if you feed that to them, it's it's one of the, it's one of the ingredients that like bodybuilders and mm-hmm. athletes will in those uh, post-workout energy bars, and it seems to help the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helps them recover a little bit more, and and so that's one of the things that I do. Question number two.
1: So I'll combine a, a couple of uh, followers' questions here. Um, what licenses, stamps, slash endorsements are needed to hunt in Cimarron, and are there snakes? <laughs> Uh, as far as I know, all you need is a, is a valid Kansas hunting
2: license. Uh, I hope you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it, I was just thinking the same thing. If what not, kind boy, guy? we've been breaking the law. Uh, <laughs> a, a, as far as snakes, yes, there there are snakes. Uh, I was out here two weeks ago when the uh, the, the temperature was in you know, the, the upper sixties, and I saw snakes. Uh, so, it typically, if it gets warm enough, even as late as December, uh, yeah, you'll you'll see snakes. You won't see a lot of snakes, and snakes are—I wouldn't call snakes an issue out here. I think people probably worry more about snakes out here than they than they should. Uh, I very rarely encounter snakes, even in hot weather. So I don't think it's—it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people worry more about than what the what what it warrants. But but yeah, you will find rattlesnakes out here on occasion.
1: Okay. Uh, the next question is What kind of collars are we all running on our docks? So, Bob, you want to start us off? Yeah,
0: I've got the uh, Garmin Alpha, the uh, TT Mini uh, running and, um, on Esky.
1: And so what are the main features of that?
0: That's the, the GPS e collar combo. Um, the Mini, I, I normally use the, the standard size, but uh, for this trip, I've got the Mini on my smallish short hair um but uh I, I definitely enjoy being able to watch you know the icon of my dog even when um, she's not within eyesight you know over a rise or it you know through a uh, other side of the uh, salt cedars is that what we call them <laughs> you know and you can watch the icon of eski moving and if uh the pup goes on point there's a vibrate feature and you get a little uh notification on the e-collar and you f- figure out where that pup is in relation to where you are and approach um hopefully a covey of coil right chad right exactly what are you running you guys all have the garmin alphas uh
3: i think mine's the 550 um so yeah i i mean i haven't uh, had a, a lot of years of experience with the the gps units it's just the level of comfort that it gives is incredible i mean i uh you know, I think part of it is with being a new, newer dog handler, bird dog handler, it's that just, you know, level of comfort knowing that she's 50 yards this mm-hmm. way or 100 yards that way if I can't see her. And
1: Yeah, I don't un- know how people used to hunt out here without GPS units. I, I caught myself thinking that several times today. Um, it, you know, I'm used to my Brit working a little closer to me, but in this landscape, you know, they're over the next hill, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how they have to hunt to cover up cover this much ground Um, so i'm rocking the same pro 550 plus as as marissa Um, one of my favorite parts is that if you if you have uh, one of the compatible garmin watches like the phoenix series or the instinct um, it actually links up to your watch as well so you don't have to look like a millennial staring at their phone walking (laughs) down the sidewalk Um, you can can, you can hunt like you normally would and just simply glance at your wrist every once in a while and get the the bearing of the direction Mm -hmm. your dog um, how far away it is, and then your watch will actually vibrate when it goes on. So I way. have
0: that all hooked up, and it's vibrating, but it's been somewhat chilly, right? So early on, so I've got everything covered by sleeves, so my wrist vibrates, but I still look at my transmitter <laughs> to find out <laughs> what's going on. Old, old school, Andrew. Well, that, that is a question real quickly. You know, um, you were hunting here before the dawn of e-collars, right, Jim? Well... No. Oh, really? Okay. E-collars have been around <coughs> for a long time. Well, not, I guess be, a GPS. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that old. Well, here's my question. Before GPS e-collars, because in the grouse woods, right, folks would be running their pups with bells. They kind of get a sense of where the bell is. The bell is silent. You know mm-hmm. that your dog's on point. You go to where you roughly last heard. Right. Is that what happened prior to GPS e-collars? Were there dogs with bells?
2: No. A lot of guys used beeper collars. Okay. Uh, beeper collars were a big thing. Uh, I I actually started using a beeper collar and then and transitioned to GPS. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm doing the the, the Pro 550 Plus right now. So is the
0: bell culture and dogs up uh, down here at all? Is it all Northwoods? I think that's more of a Northwoods okay. thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number four, four, four.
1: We'll uh, we'll have we'll have this be the last question tonight. There's a lot of other really good questions. I'm gonna uh, keep compiling them, and we can kind of cherry pick as we go throughout the trip. Okay. Um, now we do know this person who asked this question, and I can hear his accent when he when he wrote this. So, when are you doing a Himalayan snowcock road trip? <laughs> And you laugh, but you know who, who sent this we in, and you know he's serious. Yeah, we do know that. In the Ruby Mountains, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, you're going to have to tell us, Matt, when are we doing a rooster road trip snowcock version?
1: And we we, well, we could throw some chucker in there. and mean, we, we always try to make it harder on ourselves for some reason. I don't know why, so that just seems to be taking it up to the next level. And truth be told, we do want to go west. Um, you know, we, we, we were close to pulling the trigger and going to Hell's Canyon you know a, a year or two ago but yeah i think it but, was
0: three years wasn't it but we year? were
1: scared away once we were told like once you're in it you have zero service and no way to get service until you're back out and for us to kind of have a semi-live functioning program here that that's kind of a, a defeats no-go. the purpose yeah. Um but that doesn't mean that that dream has died mm-hmm. um so uh, I, would, I would love to get get out west and uh Matt, just keep keep doing your homework, and we'll we'll show up. <laughs> so that, that's that's all the questions I, I have today. Uh, we'll repost uh, on our Instagram story tomorrow another another call for more questions. So keep them coming. Um, just keep in mind we're we're normal people, just like you. We're not exactly experts at everything, but we've been doing this long enough to where we can at least give you a little bit of guidance from at least our perspective. And you'll have to take that for what it's worth. And <laughs> for Some of us, it's not a lot, but that's, that's okay. That's part of the fun.
0: It, you know, it is cyber Monday. So some exclusions apply. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no. So
1: you brought, you bring up a good point. Today is cyber Monday. We're, we're probably going to post this tonight. Most people are going to be listening to it on Tuesday mm-hmm. and that's giving Tuesday. Yep. Uh, giving Tuesday is, is one of the most I- important days for, for nonprofits and charities uh, throughout the world. Um, now, you know, we, We get so caught up in the the materialistic side of things with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Well, Giving Tuesday has blossomed into a day for for us nonprofits to have our own call to action during the holiday season. Um, So I I implore you to uh, go to pheasantsforever.org and consider making a a donation to your favorite upland conservation group, which is hopefully us if you're listening to this. Or do not just make a donation to any conservation group. I don't care, but uh, if you can spend... 20 bucks on a case of beer or 300 bucks on an e-collar, you can probably stomach a, a gift to a conservation group that's uh, trying to put more habitat on the ground, birds in the air, and people in the field.
0: And if you feel sorry for Chad, please join Quail Forever, <laughs> <laughs> quailforever.org, and you can get the uh, the journal that uh, is absolutely magnificently put together by Chad. Oh, well, well, thank you. Um, and it has it, it gone leaps and bounds. You're number two? You're number two? As you're number two. Yep. So in the public lands issue is, well, that's the one that's in people's hands right now. The next one is the winter issue is Mm -hmm. coming out. And we do have a public lands quail forever poster that's available too. Yeah,
2: Excellent poster. Not designed by me, but I had a hand in it. had sort of conceptualized a little bit.
0: You can find that at quailforever.org backslash public lands poster. Exactly. Um, All right, folks, we'll remind you, again, uh, giving Tuesday tomorrow, pheasantsforever.org. And uh, also go to roosterroadtrip.org. From there, you can launch to our Facebook page, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and we will be be posting all sorts of content the next four days. Again, uh, one more shout out, daily shout out to our generous sponsors helping support uh, the Wildlife Habitat Conservation Mission of Pheasants Forever and bringing you this trip, this public lands adventure. Thanks to Browning, Apple Autos, Orca Coolers, Garmin, Sound Gear, Rufflin Kennels, Federal Premium Ammunition, Camp Chef, Irish Setter Boots, and coming soon, the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission will be there in a couple of days. Till then, we got one more day in Kansas, and we will be talking to you again tomorrow evening for Day 2 Recap. Until then, roosterroadtrip.org, follow along. Thanks again, folks, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night.